0: This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, how important is historical accuracy in movies? Can a Hollywood movie get the history right and still make it entertaining? Does history even matter if the movie is amazing? We discuss and debate these questions, plus a listener-sponsored review of the 2014 movie Kingsman, The Secret Service, listener comments, and a whole bunch more, all in this edition of the Jockin' Nerd Weekly for Friday, May 8th. 2020. This is Norm MacDonald, and you're listening to the, uh, uh, hang on, I got it here. Uh, it says, the Jock and Nerd Podcast, known for their series of gay erotica found on Amazon, huh? No? That's not that? Oh. <laughs> well, I fucked that up, I guess.
1: Check. Check one. All right. This is
2: really the fans out there. Let's give it up. We're talking, we're nerdy. We're funny, disturbing. We're talking, we're nerdy. We're spoiler alert. We're talking, we're nerdy. We're funny, disturbing. We're We're talking, we're nerdy. We're spoiler alert
0: what's up? What's good, listener? How you doing? Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran.
1: My name is Anthony.
0: He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And joining us, of course, the premier podcasting puppet. We call him Rugboy who promised me... He was gonna do this whole show with a British accent. Oh shit! Right, Rugs? What? Cheerios? <laughs> no, you just can't name cereals. Honey Bunches of Oats. Oh, you're just gonna go naming cereal. <laughs> I just can't do that. Well, oh, you can't do that. No, I, I'm, I'm Spit Spot. I was trying to get you to say the line. Are you fucking taking a piss? Like in a British? Are you taking a piss? There you go. There.
2: <laughs> That's it. That sound British?
0: No, but no. Uh, it sounded like a puppet talking about taking a piss.
2: You know, I know how to do that.
0: Um, how you guys doing? Uh, 2020 now has added uh, murder hornets. Did I see this right? That, that's bullshit. What? It's not even a thing. That's not a thing? No. What do you
2: mean? They're hornets, they sting you, and then you die. They're Asian hornets, and they, uh, they're not even here. There's like maybe one here. Oh, there's only the one. His name is <laughs> it's only Dave. only the one. They only found like a couple. Like, it's not like a lot. Like, how are they going to get here?
0: What? That's what I was wondering.
2: I was like, how? They don't fly over the no. wall. They- no, someone had to bring them here. Someone brought yeah, them. Yeah, like there. shipping container. They
1: they, they mur- I mean they do they could kill you, but they it's more that they'll take out the honeybee population. I heard that they go in Invasive and they, yeah, they species. just
0: ravage the
1: where the bees live. Right. Like the- I read something actually interesting like the the bees where they're from have like a natural defense against them where they vibrate themselves so much Ooh. that they raise the, the the temperature around them and basically explode them. Okay. But the honeybees here obviously can't do that they don't have that adaptation.
0: that tickles yeah they're on the verge of extinction as it is they they don't need another thing coming after them it's just like 2020 is trying really hard to get in the history books like it wasn't enough global pandemic 2020 no i'm gonna add murder horn it's just in case you guys don't fucking remember this year now yeah now we will like. yeah <laughs> all right let's get started you bastards the jock and nerd podcast oh we're doing something a little different listener don't freak out we're gonna bypass the news this week fuck the news yeah it'll it's be the same it'll, shit. it's uh fuck that show it's not going anywhere <laughs> You know what's happening. <laughs> it's the same shit going on. It'll be there next week. Something got canceled. Something's been postponed. Something got released. Something got announced. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. We'll get there There's next no week. There's no real movie
2: news. Yes. There's no movies coming out. Nothing is coming out. Blah. No one's making anything. No one's showing up to work to film anything.
0: Nope. No. Nothing has started up yet. So this oh, week. Wait, actually.
2: Yeah? What started?
1: Real quick. Up? Yeah. There is some. Did you see that Spike Lee... Um is going to release something on Netflix. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. Defy Bloods or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: Spike Lee Vietnam Netflix movie. Oh shit. I'm in. I'm so in. I'm so... Later this month I think it's coming out.
2: Yeah. I'll check that out probably. Fuck yeah. Woke
1: Woke Anthony is now super into that. Oh,
0: I am so. sure you are and you've been checking out some Spike Lee movies so uh yeah. you got you got the background and the context. <laughs> Look, this is where all the woke Anthony came here today. (laughs)
1: Yes. He's here today. Woke, woke, woke cinephile Anthony is here today. That's (laughs)
0: actually a great segue into our topic for the first half of the show, Anthony, that was prompted by you. Uh, So I'm, you know, this is great because I didn't get to do any work. I'm just going to turn it over. Uh, Take, take over, Anthony.
1: I would say, I would say it's prompted by me, but also prompted by listening to not only our listeners, but Rugs Boys. Reviews on Patreon about how he reviews movies. Wow. So, the first time this came to my mind though was when I was watching the Hurt Locker. I watched it, and then I watched some videos after, and it was a bunch of like bomb squad people that were like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> so I mentioned that on my review, and Seth Morgan um messaged me, yeah, and he mentioned that you know I he had picked Braveheart for me to review, and it's one of his favorites, and that he had mentioned like you know just give it a chance, don't necessarily look at the the historical accuracy of the film yep. just watch the film for what it is because it's it's not a documentary so i was like okay yeah yeah you know i get that and then i, I watched the film and then i also watched afterwards after i reviewed it the, how historically inaccurate it is and then listening to Rugboy's boy's uh take on movies he had mentioned that he and you can interrupt me if i'm wrong on this he had mentioned that he likes movies that have uh, that are about based on true stories or on history because you get to learn things and uh you get to you get to basically see the, the story's kind of written for you. What else is there, Ruggs that you had mentioned about well, that? Well basically
2: what I said was is that real life doesn't follow a Hollywood uh convention. Right. That's yeah. And if they do a movie correctly, which not a lot of them do, which you're probably gonna point that out here, is that they just Hollywoodize everything. They put like conventional Hollywood fucking bullshit into into movies. So when they're able to do a movie that's accurate somewhat it's, it's interesting because what happens in life is more interesting and something go. that somebody can write sometimes a lot of the times
1: off the top of my head I couldn't remember the exact wording, yeah.
2: but there you go yeah um
1: <laughs> so with that in mind I was like man there's a bunch of like conflicting stuff here because yeah. like I love I I enjoy some of these movies but then I realize that they're not historically accurate and I'm thinking to myself should I let this affect me right or should I just be like no it's Hollywood you know, I looked at a bunch of movies. The movies that came to mind for me were The Hurt Locker that I recently saw, Braveheart, Argo, things like that, uh, Titanic. Uh, there's a bunch of different movies. Yeah. But I, I posed it to the nation. You know, What are your thoughts on when films take liberties with adapting history and true stories? Does it ruin your enjoyment of the film? Are you able to still be entertained because it's a movie and not a documentary? And what's taking it too far, make it, making a movie too Hollywood? So I thought it'd be an interesting discussion between us yeah on what 's too far, does it ruin all those things so
0: that 's a great question. Uh, how important the historical accuracy is in films and can a movie make the history right and still be entertaining and a piece of art, or does the history even matter when it goes the other way when they twist things and embellish something that was real to make it more entertaining i i I can see both sides of uh the argument, but I think the most important thing is if it intrigues you to learn more once you walk away from it, I think the movie uh, wins, it succeeds. Uh, But there are some, there are some for like history buffs. And I'll read some of the comments that are just so glaringly, obviously wrong. And for, and it just doesn't make sense. So, and then again, do the filmmakers have a responsibility? How do you balance, you know,
2: I think that at the end of the day, it's all about how you frame it. Right. So, The this general thing that they put on every movie based on a true story, yeah, that's such a vague non like, you know, like thing. It's just like, it doesn't mean anything. Why even put it there? I think if you put something that says like, this is, this is an, uh, this is a fictionalized account of an actual event or something like that, or inspired by true events. This is inspired by us, by something, but you know, things have been, things have been changed. At least uh, you know that up front. But when they just kind of put this blanket statement there that it's based on true events or this is a, it's Freddie Mercury's bi- biography yeah, pick. Yeah. You assume that they've done at least some of their homework. You know, you assume that they're doing. So I think that the idea of these things, they're marketed as it, 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 to entice people. Cause, Oh, you're going to hear the real story, the, the true story. And we all know kind of now, especially if you're have a brain cell or two. That this shit is never, almost never, accurate. Mm-hmm. But what I also was saying is that the fact that the germs of these stories based on real life is all uh, probably more interesting than when somebody can think up a lot of the times if they're doing like textbook Hollywood script writing.
1: That, that's a good point because I, when you said that, I thought of the movie Argo, which I'd seen. Which the the plot for that, and if you read it, it's, it's a lot of it's inaccurate. But the the basic premise of the story is so unbelievable right. that you would you actually wouldn't think you would think even Hollywood would reject that like right. they they used a movie to rescue people.
2: Yeah, the fa- like, a fake movie Wait till movie. you watch Wag, well Wag the dog is it's, it's <laughs> wait. based on true things, but it's 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 based off something. I'm
1: like going to play this. Spoiler alert. We
2: may
0: spoil some things, but Argo oh, yeah. is a great example of the crazy concept did happen, but Anthony, as you probably figured out, that third act was nothing like what actually happened in history,
1: right. and they they really made it an American type yeah. film when it was actually more of the Canadians that
0: right the Canadians engineered that all, yes. all that stuff. But had they done it originally, like it it happens, it would have been a very boring third act of a movie.
1: I, I think one just to take one step back. Yeah. I think there's like th- I I thought of this, and maybe you guys can add more. But I thought of like three different types of ways to tell stories based on true stories. So there's like the movies that are like based on a true story right like yeah. a historical thing yeah. or like some sort of event there's like those Pearl movies like Pearl Harbor or something right Pearl Harbor or, or like World Wars JFK yeah. or Argo yeah. or or Braveheart right yeah. then there's like the movies that are period pieces yeah. so they're, they're they're using the period but it's not necessarily they're telling a story that might not have happened yeah but they're just using the period as yeah. a setting so like a 12 years a slave yeah or a gladiator gladiator yeah you know Hotel Rwanda like Saving, Saving Private Rwand- Ryan, right yeah. right and then there's a third one that I thought of, which is like stories that are like embellishing, like the openly embellishing the truth. Like a three hundred yeah. for me. Yes. That's obviously like an embell like that's yeah. not what happened. Yeah. Or uh, um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's not what happened. Right. It's just a fun take on what the history is. So I think those are like the three categories. That's
0: great. Uh, that second one is is huge. There's a lot of leeway in that for like for example, Gladiator. Uh, does have a lot of historical inaccuracies, but the period, the time you really get a sense of the Roman Colosseum uh, and what it was like uh, You know when that was the big game in town and that's what everybody did. Uh, but th- it's not a true story. Then you have Braveheart, on the other hand, that's telling you this is all a true story. And oh boy, does that movie have <laughs> many, 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 many incorrect things in service of telling an exciting story. Now, I don't know. Can you forgive Mel Gibson, who's crazy, anyways? Also, we got to remember history written by the victors. So, you're I know Englishmen that hate that movie. Yes, yes, and, and uh, yes, a lot of other people. That people, yes. if you're from,
2: if you're English,
0: you probably hate because it downplayed Robert the Bruce, correct? Right? Yeah. Uh, in yeah, of, I it
1: mean, also made the English to be just the most vile human beings, right? In right. The world. They
0: were just straight up villains, uh, and William Wallace was the hero. So
1: that movie gets a lot wrong, actually <laughs> when when if you look at any anything but i
2: mean it, that being said but the battle i was entertained by yeah. the movie like when you do something about king arthur like, like there's so little to go off that's of that's the thing how do you
0: actually know like, any of
2: this happened like you you have license to make shit up cuz you don't have anything Yeah. but when you know the history and then you screw you, you got to be like expecting some kind of uh, backlash right or no no, what do no, you no think? i think
1: i think so i mean the th- I, so i i was thinking about this i was like when you say it's based on a true story, you kind of actually carry a burden of telling a true story. Oh, yeah. And you you open yourself up, I think, to a lot of criticism yeah. when you don't tell it as accurate as possible. Because obviously, it's not going to be 100% accurate. But I, I think Jimmy McPike mentioned this, but you kind of are almost telling the, the 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 culture the media at the time almost like when we when we're talking about like Spider-Man right like yeah. if you tell an inaccurate Spider-Man yeah. story the whole world is going to think this is how Spider-Man's supposed to be yeah. yeah so a lot of people you know don't do the research to be like okay this movie happened that's nearly not what really not what happened they'll just take the movie for what it's worth especially if it's a successful movie and be like that's that's history. That's how it happened.
2: Well, it was based on a true story, right, it said. Right, right.
0: So the filmmaker has a responsibility if he is leading I th- I based on he a does. true story. I think if you
2: use the words based on a true story yeah. and you do something that is, is like uh, you're, you're in name or you're using the actual person in your story, you have to at least, I think, I want to do a ratio here somewhere. I must say about like 65 to 70 percent accurate. Then you got thirty percent to fuck around with, and then I would say that's a pretty good. I, it, most movies don't even get fifty percent right; they're, they're usually getting like thirty percent if they're. <laughs> I, I like I like
1: the ratio aspect yeah. of like you have to get because you can't make everything perfect, but in you know, Hollywood, Hollywood needs to Hollywood some stuff because sometimes the ending of a story is just not all that yeah, exciting. Yeah, you have to
2: tie things together. Maybe you have to edit things out. I understand that. I said that in my my thing like. They have to sometimes do shit like that, and I understand that, but like, I think that you have a responsibility if you put based on a true story or that you're doing something that everybody knows, like JFK. Everybody knows what JFK is. You have some kind of fucking responsibility to at least make it so. Yeah, like,
0: there's a lot of made-up uh, conversations in that movie also, but it's super entertaining, but the, yeah, that one would fall uh, not in the,
2: uh, you know. Maybe like the minutiae you don't have to worry about. Like the conversations. Yeah, the ratio is off. I don't think it has a high enough. Like ratio. But what happens yeah. has to have yeah. happened. Yeah. Like I think that that's, that's one of the things that like you can plot out things like and say, okay, well, we all know the story of Abraham Lincoln. He goes to the theater, he gets his ba- brains blown out. I don't even know that that's true. I, I don't know. Right. Is it true? Uh, but, um, like so the things happen correctly. What he says to his wife, we don't know if that's true, <laughs> but like at least the things happen correctly. Like, and, and and the responses are correct. And, and, and so, like, you can do it. I I don't know why. Um, I feel like what Hollywood does all the time is it's so looking for ideas. And sometimes the best ideas are in reality. They'll just pluck the idea they think is interesting. And they just fucking use that. And then they strip everything else away. I'm like, well, if you're going to take that, like, take some more. Like, at least give that person credit or that person's life. Some meaning by actually exploring that person, and not just making up your own character and using that story. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're gonna tell the story of my life and just replace me with another fuck, <laughs> I think that's fucking douchey. Yeah. You know.
1: Should Should we read the comments and then react to them, or do you want to go over some of this stuff you have
2: Uh Let's go over the
0: comments because I wanted to say you did throw this out to the nation listener. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Do his, historical films should they be accurate? Join the Facebook group Jock and Nerd Nation. It's a closed group for our listeners, but we can have some of these comments can uh, help us shape the
1: conversation. Right. rugs. what were you going to say?
2: I was like, well, how do you feel about it? Like uh, these films that you've seen, you feel like that you can't like if you could just watch them and not give a shit if it's accurate or not. Yeah. Does that help you enjoy the movie or is that did you think about that before? Or like, is that something that you're thinking about now?
1: in the moment i'm like this is I'm, I'm enjoying the movie it does kind of when i watch some stuff and it's like oh this was wrong oh this was wrong oh this was wrong <laughs> it takes away like my enjoyment of the film yeah. because i was so I, I think part of the investment for a lot of people is that it's based on a true story so you're like this really happened yeah. this is not just made up in yeah. someone's head yeah like
2: it, wow. it does give, it gives it more it gives it more like weight right? yes
1: yes and then so. it's, it's like finding out santa claus isn't real <laughs> you're like oh fuck
2: what oh my god like when you see saving private ryan like you know none of those characters are real right right there's because they're not anything anybody famous and it doesn't say it's based on a true true story i don't think it does it i don't even know i don't think so um but i don't remember it saying that but like it it doesn't say okay this happened or 1917 i don't think says it's based on a true story does it No,
1: it's just shaped after like stuff in that war, but yeah. So
2: you can kind of like, you can kind of like be like, all right, they're, they're not telling a person's story. They're not using a person's story. They're not using a person's life and just ripping the soul out of it so they can make money off of it because it's a cool idea. And there's something to that, that someone just like thought of a story and put it in that period and then you can enjoy everything kind of like in a pure way. It doesn't feel dirty.
0: Some of it like uh, the other Spielberg end of that is you have Schindler's List, which I believe is based on a true story. I believe Oscar Schindler was a person and uh, that, you know, uh, how can you verify that everything went down that way? But you bought it. Also, I thought Glory uh, is an amazing film of the Black Battalion in the Civil War, which I believe is also based on a true story. Um, Those two. Are 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 entertaining, and I think they get the history right. uh They're good examples yeah, of that.
1: Let's read a couple of these comments, and then if we have reactions, I think that'll help too. So, jo- yeah. John Balati Jr. Yeah, first off, of course, <laughs> Dragon the Bruce Lee story is pure fiction, and I hated it there, for that. There you go. Yeah, ah! you go.
2: There you go. You think you watched Bruce Lee's life, and yeah. you're like, oh, this is like fucking twenty percent of it is okay, and then the rest <laughs> of it's garbage.
1: He goes that was a case of two Hollywood, a film like Ali, which by the way I thought was really boring as a kid. <laughs> a film like Ali went through great pains to recreate the life of Ali. Same with Zodiac, so that was my comment by the way on Ali.
0: Zodiac is interesting cuz uh the Zodiac gets it right where you have uh, its counterpart Dirty Harry uh with Clint Eastwood who was he was also hunting down the Zodiac guy and that's completely just like Hollywood exaggerated for the sake. So there's certain sets of movies that do historical pieces better. Jazz Hepburn said if you're going to market your movie Based on the events of or the story of, you should try to stick to the facts as much as possible. If it's a compelling enough story to want to make a movie out of it, the real events are probably plenty interesting and don't need the writer to add fictional side plots. But in a movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't expect accuracy and kind of enjoyed Tarantino messing with a well-known event. Well, the name is Once Upon a in Time. In history. You know? Yeah, he's telling a story.
1: But, but it's so funny. That movie, Once Upon a Time, caused so much uproar because he played around with Bruce Lee.
0: Yes, they didn't like the Bruce The thing, <laughs> just like uh, Balani mentioned. But he's not making a biopic. Right, 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 he, right. He loves to play around with history just like he did with Hitler in uh, the other movie. What's that
2: movie? Yeah. Uh,
1: in Glorious
2: Bastards. In Glorious Bastards. Yeah, you, yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. You don't go to fucking see Jojo Rabbit and go, that's not an accurate portrayal <laughs> Hitler. Uh, that's not what <laughs> like, just Because you're portraying like. yes. a historical character in a movie, as long as you don't have the words based on a true story. Yeah. Mm. And... You kind of know that this is not this is not actually what he did or what he said or whatever. Like it's fine. You're just using something from history and you're using it to effect. Just when you use based on a true story, I think that's the that's the culprit. Yeah. Here. Then it's like that's really okay. Is, then this this
1: shit better be real. That that goes in line. I'll you can read Ronald Hans okay, after, yeah. but I'll read Ben, ben yes. Benjamin Wesley Cranford based on a true story. Is misleading. I don't want real life necessarily in a film, but I get annoyed that I'm sure what happened and what they made up. That being said, though, oh, this is really poorly written. Good, <laughs> good luck. Good, good luck good, getting through good this. Good that the stories get told. <laughs> I just would like them to stick to the facts. I don't mind shit like Julia Roberts playing Aaron because I know the real person wasn't a bombshell and worm movies are usually okay because the basic facts don't change. It's when they do a movie about a famous person and make shit up to paint that person in a certain fictitious light to suit a script or viewpoint that annoys me.
2: Uh, Yeah, I agree with that.
0: He was talking about Aaron Brockovich where, yeah, she didn't look like that, but that whole story was exactly what happened and uh, that's an amazing movie. Ron Hans has some good points. He says, it depends on what I am watching. Thinking about movies like Pearl Harbor, while I didn't mind the action aspect of that movie, everything else about it was unwatchable. But then thinking about movies like Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, 13 Hours, and Argo, I am personally not looking for 100% historically accurate movies. What I am looking for is something that is going to be entertaining and will make me curious about the subject. If it is something that I'm not very knowledgeable in, such as Argo Aviator... Or below, I go and start looking into the story and finding out more. If a movie can do that, for me, it has done its job. Nobody should be looking for 100% historically accurate movies from Hollywood unless Daniel Day-Lewis is the star of it. Playing an accurate Lincoln, yes. That also reminds me of Catch Me If You Can, the story of Frank Abagnale, the con man from from Spielberg with Tom Hanks. Uh, That, I don't know how much they embellished, but I'm just going to believe that's what happened.
1: You you know, Pearl Harbor is a funny movie because... yes. They they got a lot of stuff right in terms of like what happened, but then they added this story that no one gave a fuck about. Yeah, they <laughs> with that three way love a
2: triangle, a fucking
0: romance into the thing. A better movie that keeps coming up on the best historical movies list is from 1970 called *Tora Tora Tora*, and apparently still the most like uh, uh, accurate Pearl Harbor. A- yeah, movie. accurate Pearl Harbor movie to date. Definitely not Pearl Harbor. That's
1: for fucking sure. I would love to read Jimmy McPike. You
0: have to, because McPike. <laughs> if the listener doesn't know, Jim McPike is a historical, he's a history buff. He's gone to school for history. He's like a professor. He's published. Dude is super smart about his history.
1: He's also been on the uh, spinoff show, if you want to check and he, out.
0: And uh, he was our intern on the convention shows.
1: That's right. So he comes off pretty aggressively, but <laughs> speaking as someone who knows what the fuck they're talking about, I have some strong feelings on this subject. Firstly, it's impossible... To make a movie that's both 100% accurate and engaging cinema.
2: We all know that.
1: Yep. yep. What you should be looking for is something that has both a high degree of historical authenticity, mm-hmm. accurate translation of the time and figures presented, and verisimilitude, attention to detail for the purpose of immersion. Well, using big words there. He's good. <laughs> uh, think saving Private Ryan for a superb example of balancing respect for the subject matter and artistic license. See Braveheart for an example of a movie that does neither well, gets basic details wrong, m- misrepresents character motivi- motivation, etc. The problem with bad examples, especially ones like Braveheart, that position themselves as being historical, is that they, is they po- poison the public discourse on the subject. People go on to hold inaccurate and often toxic understandings of historical events that hold us back as a society and are antithetical to the very concept of studying history. Three hundred is the most relevant example as it misrepresents a historical event on almost every level, and understand it was a lot of it was deliberate stylization for on-screen effect, and plays into a narrative that is used for justification for hate crimes to this day. That's not okay. Damn. Oh
2: shit. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, so then,
1: there's a lot of good discussion points here, well, and then we'll get to the brave wait, yeah. wait, Wait,
2: wait, can I just ask what the hate crimes in Three Hundred is for?
1: It makes the. I think the was it the Arabs. The, the Persians, Persians oh. it makes the Persians look to be like devils, basically, like oh. monsters. Like when really? the, when the, yeah, there, there there's, I mean, it I don't completely like, I'm not on like completely on board with it when the Persians attack. I don't know, I attack, think that's a little bit of
2: a strap. I mean, look, 300 is, you don't know that, you know that you're, what you're watching is completely not possible.
1: Right, right.
2: There is no way that you think that this is real.
1: That's why I put, I put 300 in the category yeah. of like a fantastical
2: I mean, history. there is, there was a battle at Thermopylae, but right. they didn't call it that. They might have written based on a true story, though.
1: Yeah, I think there was like we'd have to, he, he probably would know. Yeah, but yeah. The, I think what he's pointing to is how they make the the Persians out to be like these absolute monsters.
0: Yeah. So that comment about this, we brought it up before. And there it is, is that the problem with these movies is they poison the public discourse on the subject. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, I you could say that movies aren't necessarily... Uh, a, a historical document, uh, much like a documentary. Well,
1: what what responsibility do movies have? Is the question.
0: They have a responsibility to be entertaining.
1: Once you I, what, once you throw on that, yes, based, based, on, based true on true, story, a true story. I think
2: that one. I think that yes, that is a shackle. You're throwing that, and you're shackling yourself to something that's true. And e- it's either if you write based on a true story, or you're doing a a movie about uh you're using a person in the title of your movie you know unless you're like doing Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter right where we're like okay in the title i know it's not true unless some idiots like he <laughs> really fought vampires you know somebody thought that
0: there's definitely <laughs> what? a
2: dude out there but, who still
0: thinks like that like if you're
2: doing Abraham Lincoln and you fucking and all of a sudden he's killing vampires yeah. and like you don't really Show everybody that you're doing this as, as a joke. In the Spielberg's Lincoln with Danny Day-Lewis, it showed him as kind of a different version of Lincoln that not
0: a lot of people knew he was like that personally, but was uh, supposedly
1: accurate. Well, that that's interesting because history, like the history books will tell Lincoln as one. like right. When you learn history as a kid, you only learn like yeah. broad strokes of people's character.
0: from one publisher that supplies books to your right. school. You yes. never
1: really get like the in depth, no. like stuff no. that we do right. now. Dollars get yeah. yeah yeah. So should I finish off the Jimmy McPike stuff? Well, on, yeah, but uh, I
0: want to add. We're gonna we're gonna segue with this because I wanted to ask you. Now you watched yeah. Argo. You watched Braveheart. Did finding out that those movies were wildly historically accurate uh, hurt your entertainment of the movie?
1: Also, another one to throw in there is actually Social Network, which yes. is actually pretty inaccurate.
0: Is it? Man! Eisenberg they get, was a they, great... Well, they, I mean, they,
1: there is the stuff, but like Eisenberg was is not that obtuse. They made out uh, the Napster guy to be a just complete like yes. rapist, which is not... <laughs> uh,
0: I mean, the real-life uh, dude is way more awkward than Jesse Eisenberg was even playing, probably.
1: Uh, no, no. You're talking about... Uh, 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 what's his name Zuckerberg yes <laughs> Zuckerberg's like a, if you listen to any of his interviews he's like a college kid <laughs> he's when, I
0: think he's a robot he's
1: like, <laughs> yeah but he's I mean he's he's not that guy yeah the <laughs> um, the social network is even great I mean, movie though fuck it's it's I don't know like it I, as I said earlier it does kind of like feel like oh man Really, we 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 didn't we didn't get this one right either. Fuck.
0: I mean, Argo is tense and exciting, and it has you. And the Braveheart, the battle scenes are incredible. Like you mentioned in a review, like those are, that's not CGI. That's fields of people choreographing a fucking battle, and it but probably why, looked did they like need, that.
2: Did they need, did they need to make it called Braveheart? I don't know. I mean, did they need to make it William Wallace's story? Well,
0: let's get to William Wallace, Anthony. You want Jimmy McPike broke down all the ways. That the movie is historically inaccurate. Why don't we yeah. go? We'll go back and forth. You do the first one.
1: Uh, number one, there's no evidence that to prima nocta being a thing, much less Edward the first instituting it in Scotland.
0: That's the thing where you just you get to do whatever you want to a, a it's place when
1: you when the nobles of one country get. First dibs on anyone that gets married rape or whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. And, uh,
0: number two, the dress of Wallace's soldiers, belted plaid and blue face paint is flat out wrong. The wearing of kilts didn't begin for centuries after the first war of Scottish independence. And the woad face paint was from pre-Roman times. And how widespread the practice was is a matter of debate. Also, Wallace was from the lowlands, so he wouldn't have worn a kilt regardless Ah. this is probably like the biggest criticism this movie gets right anthony did you did you see about the
2: kilts yes
1: uh yeah i did i mean i saw that it's i mean that's a that's a thing the the big well these next couple are pretty funny (laughs) so
0: basically they wouldn't have been wearing kilts at all
1: right they wouldn't have been wearing kilts they wouldn't have had they never wore the blue face paint that's not okay (laughs) they just took they took things from they would be like scottish we gotta have kilts it'd be like like if they took things like the those white like wigs from Americans yeah. like and they oh, threw yeah. those on our like soldiers of now. Yes. <laughs> and then had them like playing bagpipes but then also had them like the bagpipes be like camo. The or George Washington like that. wigs,
2: yes.
0: Yeah,
1: that'd be right. great. It, that, I think that's kind of like how I it, would love to see
2: that. That'd be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of Sterling Bridge, the one with the freedom speech freedom! prominently f- prominently featured gasp a bridge. <laughs> this was crucial to how the battle played out, as it mitigated the English cavalry advantage.
0: Well, there was no bridge at all. I mean, no, there was no he bridge. was just this like scene. on a hill in the they
1: middle. Were on a, they were in a, in a field. They were in a field. I actually, this is pretty funny. The, the big, the big thing that William Wallace did in the movie is they, he goes, "You take your, 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 you come around and you flank them. You flank their archers. So you just like make it look like you're running away and just flank their archers." And then I watched a video and I was like, "This, this idea, like." Any general that would've fallen for this would have been a just complete moron. Like, <laughs> oh, they're running away, yeah. they're not gonna flank me by doing this. <laughs> Fucking oldest trick in the book. Four is great if you want to do that. Uh,
0: Isabella of France was nine during the events of the movie. It's gross. They aged her up <laughs> for a sex scene. Oh, shit. Uh, also, Edward II was bi and liked his wife just fine. People have taken same-sex lovers throughout history, and it went and only went unspoken of starting in the Victorian era. And in your review, Anthony, you mentioned that, like, the, I forgot there was— I I, I want
2: to—hold I, on, hold okay. on Okay, yeah. We still have people that are fucking—can't get with this idea with people having same-sex lovers— Like now. Yeah. So you're telling me in the Victorian era, it was just like, yeah, dude, I think they, no, I I don't believe that. I think they were. I think, I think uh, that, I think that if you were, if you were royalty, do whatever the fuck you want. But yeah, but But there's people that didn't think it was like, I don't don't think think about the gay French King, like the the stereotype
0: of a gay French King from back in the day. Like it was absolutely uh, all out in
2: the open back then. Oh yeah. They didn't give a shit about it, but I didn't think that everyone was just like uh, applauding it. I think that it was just you was the you your royalty you do whatever the fuck you want. want. That's what they do. You can't. You don't. You don't have to tell. You don't have to worry. Apologize for anything you do. There, there
1: is like an underlying thing on the internet where, um, well, that Mel Gibson is homophobic. Oh, <laughs> and, and that he was playing up that Edward was gay uh, and that like he was um, like because I'll buy of this. That. Yeah, you know what? I actually don't buy that he was doing that. I, I think he was playing up that the guy was gay, but. There's a scene where he throws out his lover throughout the window and it was like a, they, some, someone was like, This could be interpreted as like a hate crime. I think he just does it, the the king, uh, long long shorts just does it because he's just like show, like being take, throwing him as an example, like fuck you, this is like this guy's inept. This is what you need to be you need to be a tough guy.
0: Hmm. and i also read you know how like this the girl dies in the beginning and that throws him into the thing that like that was all there's no evidence of him oh, no yeah <laughs> meeting well, a girl
1: him him fucking the the girl that's been aged up from nine yeah is, is, that's crazy pretty amusing uh and then the uh, last one anthony <laughs> yeah robert the bruce who's the the good guy in all likelihood didn't fight for the english at falkirk the one wallace loses he isn't listed on the roll of nobles in the English record that were present at the battle, he did make a separate piece at one point, which was a dick move. Oh. But he still succeeded Wallace as the guardian of Scotland.
0: Yeah, he finishes saying, I greatly dislike this movie. And I asked him, Jimmy, does this movie get anything right? And he answered, William Wallace was, in fact, Scottish. It's about the only thing the fucking movie gets right. Uh, great breakdown, Jim. Thanks for sending that in. So I just from you guys with now he's given us some great criteria a successful historic film what are some other examples that uh, you think do that like I mentioned Glory I think of like Apollo 13 uh, Is is I actually read they
1: got a lot of the math right in that movie yeah
0: they talked to a lot of scientists um, I love uh, Gandhi when I first saw Gandhi I was like holy shit I had no idea about wasn't this wasn't he sleeping in beds with young girls in that one he probably was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, was the, which was the style at the time yeah uh, <laughs> uh but then naked yeah what other uh what other examples can you think of there's a movie called gettysburg from 1993 that's apparently four and a half hours long oh shit oh god and like super, super accurate as to the battle of gettysburg so i,
1: I think it's easier if i was going to be a filmmaker yeah i think it's easier to try to tell a story within a period yeah. rather than just try to tell the true story yeah yeah
2: I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that there's so many. I think you open
1: yourself up more criticism.
2: This is is what I think. And I've watched so many documentaries where the impetus is to try and tell the real story as much as possible. And I find those fascinating. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't the movie be fascinating? Like, why would not a dramatization of that be fascinating? So there is plenty of like, you know, you were watching the, the Michael Jordan thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. Like yeah.
2: that's fucking riveting, right? To you, I haven't watched it, but I mean, from what I've you said, yeah, I it's love riveting. It, yeah. So why would they change it if they made a movie? They would obviously because it's fucking Hollywood's thing. But they don't have to.
1: Do you think it's so, just like writers that are just like, huh? Let me just throw my two cents in here and make this even yes. better. <laughs>
2: now, like this is I exciting. think that well I think that when you have a documentary, especially if you have a series, you have more time. You can like stretch things out a little bit, but um. If you have a simple enough story that's not that complex, why not? Like, I mean, do like the thing where you try and at least get 70% of it right. You know, I think that would be a nice, nice change of pace. Did anybody
0: think uh, like Forrest Gump was a fucking historical piece? Like no, that, that would fall into my category of playing with history. Yes. Yes. The second category. Absolutely. The third one, actually. Oh, the third one, <laughs> yeah. No, this list is uh, – I'll put a link to this in the show notes because it brings up some interesting points. It tells you movies that got it right and movies that got it wrong. We just mentioned Torah Tora, Tora and Pearl Harbor. Sometimes time doesn't help. There's a movie from 1958 called A Night to Remember about the sinking of the Titanic. And uh, apparently they used the original blueprints for the ship. They hired one of the surviving officers to work as a technical advisor. The only thing they didn't know when they made that movie is that the ship broke in two when it sank, but it's still more accurate than James Cameron's Titanic.
1: I, I think the, the, one of the, th- the last thing I, on my mind is... Like Braveheart, for instance, I still can enjoy the movie. Yeah. I can see like the 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 filmmaking there and like some of the good scenes and acting. I think the problem is is most people take media for its for what it is, yeah. no, or don't take it for yeah. what it is. They think it's actually the the truth, and they don't go out and actually like use a movie and then go, okay, what really happened, and look it up. So I think that's the problem: is that like based on a true story or movies that are told in a certain time period. Most people won't just take the time to look up what really happened. They'll just take that as history.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the thing that bothers me is that if if something's interesting, and I feel like real life is interesting, and there's so many things in history that are very interesting, that you don't need to change things if you don't really have to. And I think that that's just a Hollywood sickness of embellishment, and that they think they could make it better if we do this. And it's just one of these things that they fall into these formulas that they oh we have to have a romance in this movie Mm. we have to have this tied up and this this character has to be tied to that character so it's poetic and this and that and i feel like that that becomes a trap and that's why we have so much stale bullshit when we go to the movies now and it's just this has been happening since the beginning of time but we haven't seemed to learn or evolve uh as filmmakers or as people who uh, the audience to be smarter and to want more and uh actually, uh, we want to be entertained. The, I think the, the thing is that we want to be entertained so much that we'll, we're willing to just give up everything else. Hmm. That also would probably uh, enrich us, you know, in a lot of ways. So I feel like the, they could, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit on using this fucking script writing formulas and just and let's just fucking explore some shit every once in a while. I mean, Anthony, I do exactly what you just said, is if it's a entertaining movie, I will
0: subconsciously, I will leave. I'll be like, well, that's the story. I don't need to know anymore. Mm,
1: yeah,
2: and, that's
0: the problem. Yeah, and it does eventually will poison your brain. If you continue thinking that way and don't dig for the truth, I, ultimately it comes Down to the viewer, this uh, article has a great couple of final lines that I'll throw in there. Uh, They say at the end of the day, or rather at the end of the movie, it all comes down to each individual audience member. Knowing that a movie can simply be a great story or a great representation of history in art. And that both of those movies can be enjoyed. Or maybe historical films are just the natural process of turning truth into myth and myth into legend. And I see... That also happening with the movies that get it right, Uh, Mm. you know, like your your Glories and your Schindler's List. These guys become legends, and you hope that they're represented accurately. I can, yeah, I don't know. I can, I can enjoy a good history movie even if it's wildly inaccurate.
1: I guess. I mean, just something that came to mind while you were talking about that is like stories have been been embellished forever, right? Yeah. Like even like movies can movies do it, but like like. Uh, not everything in the Bible probably happened the way it happened, and it's written in the Bible. I don't think
2: any of that. Well, yeah, right? See, yeah, the no, like, evidence, right?
1: or you know, like, <laughs> but you know, th- I'm sure there's some ba- like uh, David and the or what was it, David and the giant, yeah, G- Goliath, yeah. Like, David and Goliath. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there was a tall person that probably got his ass kicked by a small person, yeah. but was he nine feet tall? Yeah, probably not. Right? Well, yeah, like, stories. I think this is just human nature to embellish. embellish. Things.
0: Yeah. It's like playing telephone. Like the story
2: never ends up the same at the end because. Right. (laughs) Well, I think that this is the difference. I think over time we, we only had an oral oral way of translating things. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had books and then you had, you always had to trust the author, but now in, in this age, I mean, and, and this is like really fucked up because we can't even trust video now. Yes, we <laughs> can't trust video But anything. we have a little bit more accuracy. Yeah. We have maybe a perceived more accuracy of things and records of things and things that how we went down and we have multiple, multiple sources and stuff like that. I think that like in those old times, you had no choice but to embellish. I mean, it, it was too tempting. Mm. But now if we're telling a story that we do know something about, I think that that, that there's nothing wrong with actually fucking including some of that mm. fucking information, you know. And just, I think that the the way that uh, the way that they just do it is like, okay, they instantly do. You know, they steal the idea, they steal what's special about it, they gut it, <laughs> and then they fucking just fucking and then just, they fuck it and they fucking <laughs> they fucking lather it with fucking sugar and spice and everything nice, <laughs> and for <laughs> your oh, enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, like it comes
0: down to yes, the. The filmmakers do have a little bit of responsibility if you're going to put that tag in front of the movie, but you should. Ex- I would agree. You should also expect criticism and give me something entertaining. But I think even if it's wildly inaccurate, if it gets you thinking, if it gets you talking, if it gets you questioning, uh,
2: I think that's all part of these what if movies. they just put what if they just put this. We got the idea from a real thing, but this is all bullshit. Enjoy the we movie. We made all this shit up. Well,
0: that that's inspired by true events. You can we do all sorts of leeway with inspire.
2: Just don't go based on. I feel like that they don't like the minute like dumb people see that they don't understand what that means. So. <laughs> Good topic, Anthony. But I have a question, Anthony. Your yeah. balls was hot. Your, ball, your balls hot.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, what a segue. <laughs> <laughs> What? Um, you know, they they would be really warm, especially yeah. with the the rise in temperature. Although it's supposed to be cool in Chicago this weekend, but i i, I own a I own some Manscape products. Oh, do you? you
0: do! <laughs> yeah. I do too. We got to give a shout out to our awesome sponsor this month. It is Manscaped, uh, who offer these great trimmers. Uh to keep your, your jewels uh, all nice and tidy, to keep your Franken beans looking great. If you go to manscaped.com, you will get 20% off and free shipping with the code Jock and Nerd. Jock <laughs> and Nerd. Anthony, we have received our packages. Oh special Manscaped packages. So I want to real quickly talk about the latest thing that came out. They have sent us the Lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. Like-
1: <laughs> I didn't think it could get any better than the 2.0.
0: I know. Let me tell you. I'm going to grab it right now. You got to come. Are you really grabbing Maybe, it? what the <laughs> I am. Look. Your balls are the thing. Uh, both. I got There's one water hand water on water. the balls, one hand on this awesome trimmer. But, Anthony, you, until you stop by and get your package, I just want to shout out to Manscaped. This lawnmower 3.0 is really nice. Uh, It's got what they call advanced skin-safe technology. The motor is a 7,000 RPM motor. The battery life is better. It has a charging dock now that you put down in in a little thing. The grip, before it was like a nice matte grip. Now it's a diamond textured grip. Feels great. And there is a light on it, when you press, there's an LED light. It's also waterproof. So that means in a power outage in the shower, you can you can tr- see your you can trim your shit up. <laughs> Absolutely. Rugs, uh, we don't have one for you because they don't have a blade that cuts cotton, unfortunately. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, it's not going to work. So. But this month, again, uh, if you go to manscaped.com, use promo code jockandnerd, you will get 20% off. Free shipping on all their awesome products. And uh, you're going to make us look good, listener. Make us look good to Manscaped this month. And they will extend the sponsorship. And uh, your balls will thank you. Anthony, are you excited about getting the 3.0 here?
1: You know, I I didn't realize we needed the 3.0 until you made that hard sell. And now I'm like... What I've been doing my whole life without the 3.0. You're also
0: getting a nice Manscaped t shirt, and uh, the package includes a travel thing and the ball, deodorant, and all that fun stuff.
1: I, I feel like jumping through my window like <laughs> 80s action style. Go get I'm this.
2: coming I, now. Yeah. <laughs> just do I it, fucking like, a little roll. Yes. Yeah, there you I go. just feel uh, like that. I'm glad that there's a company that's thinking about my balls.
0: Yes. It's very important dude. even though you're not out going dating, going to clubs, you can't let that shit get all crazy. You got to no. keep that shit in check.
1: It, it's like the old, like the idea of when you work from home, you should still get up and like get ready for work.
0: Yeah, No, I've been wearing the same fucking sweats for like six weeks now. Oh, oh, shit. Because why should I wear something else? You tell me a reason. Anyways, more uh, next week. When you'll shave his balls and put those sweatpants. <laughs> back. I will. I'll shave my <laughs> balls, put the same shit. I'm not just fucking, it's just convenient. But uh, more about that as Anthony gets the package, you'll hear more. Let's take a quick break here. We're going to come back and do another awesome listener-sponsored movie review right after this. After
1: these messages,
0: we'll be
2: right back.
0: If you're looking for a sports host and
2: show, Gives you the flavor. Tom Brady, thrown for over 60,000 yards,
0: the most playoff victories, the most Super Bowls, the most Super Bowl MVPs. He is not the greatest of all time. That brings the energy. Should i quote, the earth is flat,
1: close quote.
0: The earth is round. That
1: isn't about.
0: This or that. It ain't boom, boom, it ain't this or
1: that. Charles Barkley, 1994. You stole two home games
0: in the Western Conference Semifinals against the Rockets. Your team blows it in seven. One year later, up
2: three games to one. Two games at home, and you blow that too. Then you've come to the right place. I am that man. Your man, the illustrious tour guy, Cole Johnson. Cole Sports
0: on Cole Sports with a Z.
2: Hi, everybody. I'm RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we're the Skeptical Skeptics.
1: Each week, we talk about all the crazy things in the world, ranging from the paranormal to Bigfoot to UFOs.
2: And we look at it from the perspective of the believer, the skeptic, and everything in between.
1: So come check us out on the MSC Podcast Network. Or go to SkepticalSkeptics.com and follow us at Skepskeptpod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> da, da, da,
2: da, da, da.
0: Listener, if you're enjoying the show, join our cool fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. It's like uh, Jock and Nerd Plus Max Premium. There's uh, tiers. There's swag. Everyone gets bonus content and early access to the shows in an exclusive RSS podcast feed just for you. Uh, continuing to put out Corona Binge reports, which are real quick movie reviews, uh, mostly by Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, you got yeah. you got another great list of movies uh, that you put out this week.
1: Uh, let's see here. Did you write them down? I for me?
0: did write them down because I know you don't remember or like to think of things.
1: Yeah, and it's just I, I easier. Did, uh, Taxi Driver. Yes. Braveheart, Argo, Social Network, and Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah,
0: really, really. God damn! I can't believe.
1: Oh, oh shit. You finally
0: watched Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Did I
2: watch anything? I watched Fast Color.
0: <laughs> yeah, is that is that worth a Corona Bench <laughs> <No>, report?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Check
0: all those out when you sign up. I mean it wasn't horrible, but it's it's okay. It was on lists of like great superhero com- superhero movies, no, comic book movies, not. and I tried to watch it and I don't even remember what the fuck I was watching.
1: It's incredibly boring. It was a little slow. I'll I'll tease you guys and I'll tease the audience. Yes. I have an idea for Pulp Fiction oh God. next week.
0: Oh, my God. Oh I shit. can't wait because I could talk about Pulp Fiction all day, son
1: so All there you go date that's yeah cool. i
0: might have to
2: watch it again
1: and and for what it's worth and run I, I did like it it's not my favorite thing in the world but I, I did like it. gotcha no i can't wait great tease for next episode for the listener also
0: if you give us ten dollars or more a month you get another awesome bonus thing you could do which is to pick any movie to force us to watch and review on the show Nerd. <laughs> that's a lot of fun we've been rolling through a lot of these we've done I think we're, like, up to, like, 28 or 30. uh, And we're going to do one right now. So sign up, jockaneer.com slash Patreon. This week's movie is Kingsman, the Secret Service from 2014. Here is your spoiler alert. Manas
1: maketh man. Do you know what that means? And <laughs> let me teach you a lesson. <laughs> are we going to stand around here all day, or are we going to fight?
2: Strap yourselves in, you fucks! Spoiler time.
0: Sponsored by, dedicated to listener Patreon supporter Mark Bunanang. Uh, (laughs) This is his second pick (laughs) This is his second pick Because if you support us for 10 bucks a month For more than a year You get to pick another movie His first one we did way back in 2018 It was The Crow uh, Which was a great review, great movie Uh, And super thanks to Mark for being a patron For 26 months Oh shit Love it to have you there Kingsman The Secret Service on Rotten Tomatoes Sitting at a 74% uh tomato meter, average rating 6.7 out of 10 in the box office. This movie was made for what was what was the budget here? Uh about 81 million dollars. I've seen anywhere from like 80 to 90 Whoa. 80 million R rated. Uh, and it finishes its box worldwide box office. million. Oh, shit. So uh, pretty successful in uh, the... They made a pretty penny. They made a pretty penny. It's got an 84% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie is based on Dave Gibbons and Mark Millar's 2012 comic book series, also called Kingsman, The Secret Service. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And, Rex, we've talked about how Mark Millar basically... Bright short series is in the hopes that they're just going to get adapted into TV shows and movies. Yeah. Uh, and this is an example of that. It is directed by Matthew Vaughn. We all know Matthew Vaughn. Anthony, can you name some other Matthew Vaughn movies?
1: Kick Ass.
0: That's one. X-Men First Class. Those are probably his two best movies, along with like, he started out with Layer Cake as a here. is a good movie. Is I-, I like Matthew good. Vaughn. I like Matthew Vaughn as a director and Stardust, um, also starring Colin Firth, Mark Strong, Jack Davenport, Samuel Jackson's in this, Mark Hamill has a cameo, Taron Egerton, Sophia Batella, Michael Caine, and a bunch of other great supporting cast. You have to say Michael Ma- I'm Michael Caine. Yeah. I'm Master Wayne. Why are you always trying to kill yourself? Uh, shoot the dog <laughs> shoot the dog anthony this is the first time you have seen this movie it is okay interesting let's why don't you give us uh the jock recap plot synopsis here
1: sure it's it's basically matthew vaughn's tribute to the british spy genre the bond films mixed with superhero films um it's just the, the basic basic plot is um there's this secret organization of well-dressed gentlemen mm-hmm protect the world and uh there's a new enemy with samuel jackson that's trying to destroy the world and uh colin firth recruits uh, this kid played by uh Ed- edgerton kid yeah Taryn edgerton aaron edgerton whose dad was a kingsman and uh died in service and saved colin firth so colin firth kind of feels like he owes this kid to be his mentor Eggsy. and that's it
0: Yes, and Eggsy obviously isn't quite as polished as the rest of the recruits. But there's also, uh, of course, if you're going to do a Bond movie, you're going to have a wild uh, bad guy and uh, a whole plot to uh, take down society, uh, which they fight during this as everyone's training and getting picked. Rugs, you've seen this before, right? Yeah, this
2: is like the second or third time I've seen
0: it. So, you know what? I'm going to start with the opening thoughts because this may surprise you guys a little bit. I've seen this movie and I watched it again recently. And by all intents and purposes, I should love this movie. It's got action. It's, it looks great. It's based on a comic book, but watching it again, I remembered like, I don't necessarily like this movie. No. Yeah, no, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. I'd never, there was something about it that I just didn't connect with me. It It didn't, it wasn't memorable. And watching it again, I was like, why do I not – why don't I like this movie? And I came up with some points I'll get into. The movie definitely has merit on you know the performances, the way it looks, the way it's shot. But overall, it's just too much of a mash of tones and I don't think the bad guy works. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't <laughs> I don't care for this. And that would surprise me because I love X-Men First Class and I like Kick-Ass and I like Matthew Vaughn. I like some of Mark Millar's work. It's just, uh, it seemed a lot of this works better in the comic and not in the movie. That's, I'm really being honest. Like, yeah, this movie, I don't, either I don't get it, it just didn't connect with me. Anthony, what did you think first time watching this movie?
1: First off, I like Matthew Vaughn. And uh, I thought this was really good. I thought it was pretty solid. It's, it's, for me, it's the, like, the perfect blend, not perfect, but it's a really good blend of, what would seem like a really cheesy movie but just the way he stylizes the action just the the nature of the kingsman the fact that for whatever reason the hell it cracked me the hell up samuel jackson has a (laughs) list it's just and the the bad guy having like the legs like it just it's it's a weird mix of things but for me it everything kind of was good it, huh. it, i i feel like matthew vaughn uh, i like uh, kick ass is one of my favorite movies yeah. i liked first class i think he does a really good job of of mixing like weird things in in superhero films and coming out with a product that uh is is digestible for a lot of people
2: that okay that's interesting i mean i think this a lot of this rests on the shoulders of mark millar yeah who wrote kick ass who wrote kingsman which it's, actually was called the secret service when yeah. it came out as a comic book but he writes these things, these comics, uh, as like these four or five issue things. And then they take on a, and then all of a sudden they're adapted into movies. And uh, I think he's worked with Vaughn before. So they vibe together. They get the vibe. Yeah. So and they they make they've made kick ass an enjoyable film that's quirky. And this is a also an enjoyable, quirky film. Ruggs, what, what are your
0: opening thoughts? Do you, can you get where I'm coming from though? Like why the movie didn't quite
2: well, hit? Uh, this, this is not, I mean, I guess this is also to be blamed Mark Millar for because a lot of the shit's half baked. Yeah. Like when you make a five issue, uh, movie pitch yeah. in a, into a comic book. Yeah. Like you don't really develop anything to a degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. So everything feels like half baked yeah. and like this movie feels half baked. It's a like time. just the pitch
0: of the story and not the fleshed out story.
2: Well, I feel like that they try, I think they tried to like bake it when they made the movie. Like in like, okay, like Matthew Vaughn's like, okay, we're going to have to work this out or do this, do that, do that. Like the, the graphic novel has like, it's basically they call out a lot of celebrities and it's very like ah. poking fun at celebrities yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And because uh, like uh the bad guys trying to take all of the these so called high class people, celebrities, people like that, preserve them. So there's a lot of jokes with that. Um, yeah, they're all kidnapped not in this movie. Yeah, well
0: they're all kidnapped. He's got Iggy Azalea in the basement there. And, right. and some other like you see on the there's TV. Like, yeah, so they they yeah. tone that yeah. down.
2: Yeah. Uh that comedic aspect of it. They tone that down a little bit and they kind of like concentrated more on Eggsy and and uh and uh his uncle. See, I'm I, not, yeah. it's not, it's not, a, not his uncle in the movie, but it's a Colin for Oh, Colin for this is uncle in the book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I enjoyed it when I went to the theater, I didn't think it was the best movie I ever seen. I just thought, I'm like, Hey, that was a fun little movie. I thought the ending was a little bit, uh, meh, but like I watched it another time, like just kind of like it was on and I was just fucking hanging out and I let it play. And then I watched it again with purpose to review it today. So, um, uh, you know, I had the same experience. Like I enjoyed some of the parts and, uh, thought it was an okay movie, but like I feel like it, it's missing a little bit of something, but like I feel like it's, it's, I mean, it's- I'm so torn. It is fun, but then there's parts that just
0: bug the shit out of me. But there's stuff that there's stuff in this movie that's amazing, Anthony. Like I think you can. I think we could just jump to the fucking church slaughter oh, it's, scene.
1: It's great. I mean, that, that, that scene right there, although it's, I mean, it's, it's cartoonish, but for me, it's cartoonish in like all the right ways. Yeah,
0: it works. All his shaky cam. It's a long take, but it's like drop frames and the choreographed action and the super violence and the whole thing. Like it's the Westboro Baptist church and they're playing Freebird. Like it's a three minute fucking slaughter scene uh it's like yeah. as an homage to like a tarantino it's fucking amazing
1: it's a it's an absurd scene with like women getting axed in the head <laughs> yeah. in a church like
0: i mean i love he, he takes the gun apart and then just shoves it in the guy's neck uh uh-huh. because he's out of bullets and there's hands getting
2: sliced off and holy shit so that i loved but i feel like after that scene everything else is like is like a legend. I think there's like too much violence. Like
0: after a while, it gets exhausting and it loses its meaning. And just right in the beginning, when Sophia Battella slices that dude clean in, in the middle, I'm like, okay, was this a cartoon. Like, what is this? Like, I get you are spoofing the James Bond spy genre, but that genre is already kind of cartoonish, isn't it? You're fucking adding so, another see, cartoon. For, for me,
1: for me, it worked. I don't know. I, I, I it, any other, I, and I thought about this, I was like any other guy, I would have been like, this is just too cartoonish for me, but for me within the, this context, it it was just it felt like a like a hyper weird reality, and I was just fully on board. I mean, I
0: like it. the Buttella with the Oscar Pastorius fucking deadly sliced legs blades, like that was fucking dope. That was a gender swap. Oh, that's a person in the book, huh? Yeah,
1: you mean a hum- a man. A
0: person. I said it's a person. <laughs> I mean, it's a human a person. male person. It's not a. We all know a, a woman is not we- a person. A woman, a woman is not a person according not to Imran. what I, meant. Uh, I Let's note no. this No. What? Please don't isolate that
2: audio. That's a big fuck up right there. Uh,
0: more good stuff. I love in the beginning, like the opening credits, where the, the things the the debris is crumbling into the credits. Like I thought that was clever, and like Colin Firth, Michael Caine, Mark Strong. I do love them in this movie. They they are great, especially. An- Colin another Carruth. thing
1: I liked yeah. is I don't watch a ton of movies that yeah. have been made and released in the UK. Ah, so for me, it was kind of like fun—not released in the UK, but made and in, in with a UK edge. I, I found it fun, like the the slang between the people. That's yeah, each, everyone yeah. calling each other bruv. Bruv. I, up, I, bruv. I don't know. The whole thing for me I was just like. I don't normally watch this stuff. I thought this you hate fun. British you shit.
2: You need to watch yourself some skins, my
0: friend. He, I thought you hated <laughs> anyway.
1: British dramas.
0: Remember, you were like, I, I don't like... you. That's why you didn't like Black Mirror. You're like, I don't like British things. Yeah, but
1: that was before I became a Whoa, woke, you're Tony, cultured. woke oh. cinephile Anthony. Whoa. This is a whole new Anthony. This yeah, is the corona. Too, right.
0: <laughs> uh, this is
1: post-corona.
0: <laughs> uh, that's why I did woke, laugh. Woke my mess. favorite line is where he goes, Are you fucking taking the piss? Like, that shit, I love how how they talk, and it was great hearing all the accents. I
1: laughed. I don't know why, and maybe this isn't supposed to be funny, but I laughed every time Samuel Jackson's lisp came out. I don't know why. Okay, for me, let's talk about fucking Sam
0: Jackson. This ruins the whole fucking movie. I didn't get this bad guy. His plan was confusing. I don't think the lisp works. It's super cringy. I just think the whole bad guy is just written completely wrong like it's he's not menacing but he's not supposed to be uh i
2: i just i did i didn't i don't think it works i was just happy that the bad guy wasn't some guy that fucking fucking grew up with uh the kid when he was a oh, child he's that type, <laughs> yeah it's and that tied, tied too. into like, i was just happy that the guy the was guy that shot his guy, guy yeah and that uh, they had no like other than the fact that they're in a secret service and they have to fucking do something about <sighs> this dude There's no relation. I I liked
1: the bad guy because he reminded me of Dr. Evil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but is this so, but that movie, i love the Austin powers movie. It's clearly in its genre of comedy spoof. This thing is all over the place. Doesn't really know what kind of tone it wants to give.
1: I I think this is a, a tribute to the British spy films, but played as a comedy.
0: That's what Austin powers is though. And they do it a lot better. Like that's a parody. I I I think that um, this is an homage, I guess. Yeah.
2: What this is supposed to be is like a retell or a new version of uh, the Knights of the Round Table, right? Because that they go right? by the and names. It, they use the spy thing yeah. and superheroes uh, tropes and stuff to kind of like create this thing, and it's it's supposed to be like a new. Like, you got uh, MI6, yeah, yeah. you got this, you got that, you independent. got the Independent, they're independent, they don't work for any government. You got, yeah. you got Sherlock Holmes, this yeah. this is going to be a new staple, like the Kingsman, you know?
0: It is funny that they're t- they're tailors, like, I was like, why are they tailors? I guess, why not? It's fucking crazy. Uh, what I did like, that underwater scene where the their fucking bunkers <laughs> fell up with water, that was pretty well done, and I saw a little bit about that, and Matthew Vaughn said that that was all real, they built a set that would get lowered into a tank, and on one take, the computer was supposed to go slowly, a few feet at a time, and then they would do their lines. They come up for air. They do not. The thing went all the way down. So some of the fear you see in those guys underwater is fucking real because the computer fucked up
2: and dropped them like. really. Oh, I would imagine they all died. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? No. <laughs> uh, that'd be fucking terrible. Um, one of the things that I think is weird about this and the kind of that kind of just takes a little bit away yeah. is is the fact that Eggsy's a Mary Sue. Yeah. Yeah. He's already good at yeah, it. That's true. So I feel like that if I'm going to fucking criticize Mary Sue's in general, yeah. you got to fucking call this one out as well, because he's already good at yeah. it. Does, does the, the gymnastics thing translate to like, oh, he could do
0: parkour now and then. At the end, he never reloads his fucking gun. He's just shooting for <laughs> fucking
2: five minutes. He, he is really good at everything. I feel like so. Yeah, that, that that's a big problem. And the fact that he's good at everything and he still has got these problems with these fucking idiot guys that are fucking his mom. Like um, <laughs> That was weird. And that gross. was weird. Were doing a I feel like if he was more of a fucking sap, yeah. it would make more sense. So I think that they fucked up that right well, what there. What I, about I could
1: see
0: that. Karen Egerton as uh, his performance? What do you guys think of him as uh, in this role?
2: He's fine.
1: Yeah, I, I I thought he had decent uh, physical on presence or physical charisma. I, I wasn't I wouldn't say I was blown away I didn't, by his performance. I thought he was but, kind
2: of
0: fucking kind of bland. Like, I didn't connect with him. I didn't care about him. I did see him in the Elton John movie, Rocket Band. He's really good in that movie. Like, the guy He's has, like
2: supposed to be a chav. A chav. What's that? Yeah, a chav is like a British dude who wears like basically like, you know, when like when you're poor, but you dress like you're like yuppie. Just to oh. like project the image of being. I never heard like, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
2: like, I kind of like hip hop-ish, Okay. okay. You know? But like, um, so in a Brit- it's in the British, they call them chavs. And um, up, so he's supposed to be a chav. So he doesn't really talk like one. Yeah, He doesn't really act like one. Like if you want to, like Ali G is a chav. Yeah. You know, like, so like he doesn't really do that enough. But um, it'd be interesting if he did that more. I did read
0: this interesting point in one of the reviews for this movie that it's the spy genre version of the movie Scream. You know how in Scream, all the characters knew they had they knew all the horror movie cliches and they were playing to that. They the kind of the same thing happens like all these characters have watched the Bond movies. They know about Jack Bauer and all the spies. And it's very meta. So the meta ness was kind of. Was kind of nice.
2: Oh yeah, at one point they were talking about the dog. Uh, you name J. B., yeah. what is it, JB. Yeah, James. Bond? Yeah, there's a bunch of JB spy
0: names. James Bond. What's the other one? And
2: then he goes, no, J-
0: James Bourne. J- oh, Jason Bourne. J- Jason. And he Bourne. goes,
1: no, Jack Bauer. I, I, it, and I, you know, I mean, I really liked. I I, I liked the, the, all the old guy, like the old uh, actors that were like. I liked. It. Alfred Cain is in it. Mark yeah, Michael Strong, great. Colin Firth. Yeah. And you got Samuel Jackson. Like, I don't know. It, it, it added a, a, a degree of credence to everything that was going on. You
0: guys like that the movie ends with anal sex? Oh, oh shit. I loved it. <laughs> that was, that, like, that was a great... Like, there are movies... There are points where he just subverts things and he does the unexpected. That and then killing Galahad, killing Colin Firth when they did. I was like, oh, fuck. I
1: Ugh. mean, that the anal sex thing is literally from when in Kick-Ass, I don't know if it's credited to mark miller yeah. mark millar or yeah. uh, matthew vaughn yeah. but there's a scene where he's making out with the kick is making out with the girl and then they just linger on him like can i touch your boobs and <laughs> he just starts grabbing her boobs and touching and they linger on that for like a 20 like 10 seconds <laughs> that's
0: right <laughs> Rex, do you like the, the the action scenes that were shot with the drop frames and the real stuttery
2: frame rate and all that did you enjoy that i think it's fine i mean it makes it more cartoony and it works in this film. I don't think it would work in a realistic film. I
0: feel like he wants to use violence, like Tarantino uses violence. But when Tarantino does it, there's definite a reason, a buildup. And this was just all style, no substance. When you see Tarantino
2: violence, yeah. you like, you like, go holy
0: shit. A lot of this reminded me of that. This
2: is more like you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like the you're laughing, the end sh- I mean, you're like you're, you're having a, a good it, it, time. It is it.
1: not meant to be like Tarantino. I mean, you you mentioned it earlier, yeah. Imran, but the first. One of the first big deaths, the guy cuts him right in half. Like, he yes, cuts her so right in half enough. and he, he like, it just slides up Like he's yes. an envelope. He
0: slides apart like a cartoon. Yeah. And then, like, the flying slow mo shot in the last fucking battle between Exe and Sophia Patella. I was like, uh, what is this? Oh my it's God. It's just
1: a different. I don't think it's a comparable. I think it's a different okay, style. Okay, but
0: then they go to another level. A lot of people like the last thing, which is the firework
2: head explosions. But
0: that to me was the last fucking straw. Uh, i was like "No, i what also is agree this, with fuck? that what is, What?
2: Is- i agree with that i think that that was that that's why i didn't like the end yeah i think that uh, i think the whole ending of the movie was a letdown yeah i feel like everything up until the ending was actually working really well and even that fight between uh Sophia butella and yeah. and Exy was okay it was to the, the exploding heads and the fact that everything was like this one hallway. Yeah, he, they yes, just kept shooting yeah, each other. In. They,
0: yeah, so then he hits
2: everyone. Nobody's hitting him. He's just standing in the doorway. There's dozens of guards. I feel like they could have been a better. Yeah. If, if they're going to, I don't know if that's what they like, did in the comic. I don't know. Yeah. yeah well, I was going to ask the, that. That was the set piece or not. Yeah. But um, it was a little
0: too convenient, a little lazy. And I was like, it looked pretty. Like it was visually interesting. But it's, I'm like, what is this movie? I don't get it. Like it's
2: too fucking cartoony. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like they could have gone a different direction and probably got more mileage out of it. Have you seen So they they made a
0: sequel, The Golden Circle.
2: I see it. Have you seen
0: it? I have not seen it. Because fucking spoilers. spoilers. Well, you've seen the trailer. Fucking Colin Firth, Galahad is in the movie. He's back, and I just I'm dying to know. I guess I could look it up. I'm not watching it. Like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about this franchise. That I, I'm, to I'm do.
1: impressed that you actually have a movie that you feel this strongly that you dislike. Because
0: I remember when the, we picked this, and I was like, I remember not really digging this movie. Let's see it again, and I'm like, Yep, I don't. I can't. I'm not on board. I, with I this can. Movie. I
1: can see your point. Like there, there's a lot of stuff on here where if you're not fully on board, like. It can really, it can, it, there's Spider a lot Man's of elements not in it. There. There's yeah, no Spider-Man Spider in, in it, absolutely. Spider-Man's not in it, Tarantino, didn't, writer, director, no, <laughs> I know, I know.
0: It's just, it seems so derivative. Kevin like,
1: Smith isn't I've the, the seen mentor.
0: All in it. All i all these things, and I don't know. Like, I get it's <laughs> fun, I get it, but it's just not, it's not for me. I was surprised. I'm like, nah, I still, the same for me, I don't think it's Good for you. Sorry. All right,
2: well, let's rate the fucking movie then. Uh, Rugs, what do you give it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's a 6.5 for me. Okay. I feel like it's enjoyable. It's a movie as a beginning, end, and yeah. middle. People showed up and they did their jobs. Yeah. The, uh, the directing was fine. Uh, with respect to the source material, it was, it wasn't dead on, but it was, y- y- you get the gist yeah. of it. It's pretty, it's pretty close. They swapped out a few things here and there, but overall it wasn't, uh, a left turn or anything like that. So uh, yeah. Six point five. Okay, Anthony, number. I'm gonna go seven. Oh shit! But I, I'll give it the
1: caveat that I it's out of the three Matthew Vaughn films, this is my least favorite. I like ah. Kick Ass and First Class better.
0: All right. Well, look, it's, I again, it looks great. The visuals are. It's a fun movie to watch, but the whole package for me still just fucking bugs me. I'm gonna give it. I was gonna give it a six, maybe a five point seven
1: five. Okay.
0: Five point seven five. I just I should have liked this and like it's something.
1: This is a new new Imran. Imran the contrarian. I'm like
2: no. So t- you're you're woke and, <laughs> uh, and well versed in film, and Imran is now the contrarian. Yeah. yeah,
1: What am I gonna do? <laughs> I have to
2: do something new. For you gotta you gotta anyway. switch you it got, up. You gotta transform into
1: like a different creature.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: Bug rug, boy rug, or <laughs> something. Uh, I don't know. We'll yeah. have to think about this.
0: <laughs> a rug yeah. man. Ah, uh, but Mark, <laughs> rug Mark <man>. Bunong, <laughs> thanks for picking this movie. And I, if you like it, I'm sorry. I, you know, I can understand why people like it, but great pick, Mark Bunong. Bunong. All right, let's do a little news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. Hasty. I got a couple of messages here sent uh, by some of our listeners, starting with David Malofsky, who sent me a message saying, "Can I sponsor a review of Brick? I feel like you guys all need to see Ryan Johnson firing on all cylinders, Seen it. and understand that Knives Out is the rule, and Looper and Last Jedi are the exceptions. Brick is Ryan Johnson's first movie." Yeah, uh, you can sponsor a, a, a review. Of course, David Malofsky, He's you, you know what to do. What do you think, Anthony? Would you be interested now that we've seen all these Ryan Johnson movies to see his first film, Brick? Yeah, yeah, I'd watch Brick. I know Delhauer loves that movie. He's he's. I saw it and I don't remember you, anything. You don't it. remember,
1: but it's good. I, I'm tell, I'm a I'm a new person. You, I you know. throw a movie in front of me, this is amazing. I probably will like it and I will be more than eager to watch it. We're all
0: in, Miloski. Hit that PayPal button. Send a donation. We'll get it done. Unless it's Gugger Cannibal nerd.
1: Holocaust, I'm not watching.
0: You're not that watching show. that one? You got to draw the line somewhere.
1: <laughs>
0: huh? Someone asked you
2: to watch
1: that? No, nah, I'm
0: fucking <laughs> Jimmy Graven sent us an email. He says, hey, fellas, I'm taking it back four years to the email days. Even though I don't email as often as I used to, rest assured, I'm still listening every week, loving the content. You guys are kicking ass. Gugger nerd. Just some tidbits for each of you. Really want to hear Anthony's recap of The Last Dance. He and I have talked about those Chicago Bulls teams since we grew up in that era. Can't wait to hear it from the perspective of a Chicago kid who lived through that era. Would love to hear your thoughts, man. We'll pause for comments. Anthony?
1: You know, I don't have like extensive thoughts because I've just kind of been... It's not like something I've been watching and, and analyzing. It's just more I've been living living in the moment, reliving some memories, and then also learning about things that... I wasn't having a fully functioned brain to remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, the early 90s Bulls, I don't really know about. The late 90s Bulls, I know a lot about. Yeah. But some of the stores, like the Rodman stuff, yeah. all that stuff is really interesting. Yeah. If The biggest thing for me is it's just unbelievable the stuff that went on then that would never happen now, such as Rodman going on vacation. Yeah. The GM just breaking up a dynasty. Yeah. um Pippin being, like, super underpaid. Like, all these little things that I was just like, wow, it's just a completely different era. But I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying uh, the last dance.
0: Maybe do like a jock talk when it's all over. Uh, uh, I the the last two episodes were great. The, all the bit about how hard it is was to be Michael Jordan, where you literally would, could not be alone ever. Like everywhere you step out, there's just mobs of people Seemed like a nightmare. Wait, let me ask you this real quick. Did you hear Ken Burns comments about the last dance? Do we talk uh, about Mr. This? Burns from The Simpsons? Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. Excellent. No, do, no. Document, documentarian Ken Burns. I don't know if we no. mentioned this. The guy who's done the Civil War, the Vietnam documentary. He says it's bad journalism, The Last Dance, because Michael Jordan is producing it. Oh shit! So he was fucking talking shit. But Jordan seems very honest in this. At the same time,
1: uh, I, I, what I would say is, um, if if. He's got a problem with it. Why doesn't he make a bunch of money <laughs> yeah. and produce his own shit? You
2: make your own bulls documentary. I mean, it's one thing at least from the horse's mouth, at least you have some kind of direct under- yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's skewed. Yeah. I don't think he's just making shit up. No, and I either. I think Jordan probably coloring it in his favor, probably. Well you would think, but there are things that
0: don't make him look the greatest also that he reveals. So Yeah,
1: I mean the the last one, if uh, of course it's biased. It's short, you know, if he's producing it. But he did include in the last one that like his comment about republicans buy sneakers too which makes yeah. him look like an awful human being <laughs> yes yeah, not awful yeah. but it just in this culture yeah people would be like you can't like you, he included in there that he didn't even take a stand and and like help this like civil rights issue that was going on because he he was he was more thinking about his own shoe right. and, the, and the viability of of the the finances behind it
0: and there was the whole gambling bit that yeah, so none of yeah, that makes
1: him man. look great
0: I love that. He was like, look, I like gambling. Uh, I don't have a problem. I just like gambling while he's wearing sunglasses looking all shady.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they also include a thing where he's like compared to Ali and they're basically saying Ali is a greater person to remember because at least he took a stand.
0: I just think he was probably sitting on all this footage and had it shot. So he had to produce it. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Uh, Jimmy Graven says, "Also excited to hear Rug Boy break down the la- latest season of Westworld. Really great sci-fi mind bender in the vein of Christopher Nolan. His brother Jonathan co-created the show. Rugs, you'll definitely want to see the new season of Better Call Saul. Such an underrated show, and it's one of the best on TV right now. I'm about now. halfway through Better. Uh, give us some quick, spoiler-free thoughts on that uh, finale of Westworld, there, Rugs.
2: Well, I need to like rewatch it because I feel it was so abrupt. I think I couldn't get a handle on exactly. Yeah." yeah. I mean, the basis is, is that, okay, so they create, um, they create the hosts, the robots, and they become self-aware. And then they use the park and the robots in this weird twist to study humans because the end game I thought was to have immortality. So like they, I thought that the idea was that they could, um, take human beings and put them in the host bodies and they could live forever, right? You can copy someone's, essence yes. into the computer download them into this body that never ages and then you have immortality but then in the in the show you've realized that they can't do that without going insane and then it's never been done properly so then they had to go to this other method where they said well maybe we can't um use it for immortality but maybe we can use it to edit people so like edit people's sicknesses right. edit people from their thoughts and uh, and create like a more, I guess, a better society because we can, like, we could edit a program and we can fix the problems and patch programs. Why can't we patch people? Because now we understand the information on how to make people work, and that's all interesting and all that stuff. But the way it played out was weird, and they had these all knowing computers that kind of knew everything and that were based. and It was just kind of like there was a lot of things thrown, and they should have just economized it a little bit. I think that having two separate computers that were omnis- omniscient was like a little, a little oh yeah it much. was a
0: little confusing it was a crazy ending to be sure I also thought Bernard's whole thing I don't know what the fuck he was doing like yeah. that was kind of all I don't know tacked on but again <laughs> spoiler alert. the craziest thing to me is that the Dolores is playing their plans just got all fucked up I didn't see any of that coming major characters die uh, and I was like whoa shit, oh, shit. <laughs> that's pretty crazy
2: so I do think it asks a lot of great questions, yeah. and it, the action in it was actually pretty fun. The action was great. A lot of big reveals. And, you know, yeah. uh, very high um, um, value, uh, what, production value for everything. Of course. So uh, it's definitely enjoyable, and the acting is great. So, I mean, yeah, it's one of the things you should watch, I, even though I just ruined it. Probably. <laughs> it said
0: spoilers. Uh, okay, moving on. Imran. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back at the end of the month. Geek Mooner. Are you ready for the final season? Hoping you'll recap the season premiere and make those two watch it. Oh, no. Remember, I forgot all about this. They got one last season, seven. It premieres May 27th. I think it's a half season. This show is still on the air. It's been on the air for like seven years. So I'm excited. I, you, do I have to? Do you guys even care? Do I have to force you to watch
1: this? I could do the opening episode. Okay.
0: It's going to be confusing if you haven't watched it because it's kind of like Legends of Tomorrow and they've traveled back to the 30s. Oh, no. Shit. But yes, uh, before and uh, it's all crazy. But I'm going to watch. I'll be there. I miss those guys. Uh, And then he says, one suggestion for you all to watch is Succession on HBO. Show is outstanding.
2: I watched the first episode. Uh, first couple episodes, it was interesting.
0: I've been meaning to watch this. Everyone says it's a fucking great show.
2: Jimmy Graven finishes. Okay,
0: that's enough for me. Take care, guys. Stay safe and healthy. Jimmy the Geek. Young nerd. Thanks for writing in, Jimmy. Let's do uh, some quick, what are we watching, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, I got two good things, but does anybody else want to start? Anthony, you got anything else you've been watching outside all those movies?
1: Uh, just going to be more movies. I mean, uh, The Last Dance, more movies, in. Literally every day it changes as far as what I'm going to watch. So I'm not even going to give any hints. That's exciting. Because I don't really know. Sometimes I go into a day and I'm like, I know I'm going to watch this. And sometimes you know, I'm just like, we'll see what happens. Sometimes I am
0: so envious of your position. I can't imagine like having all these classic movies that, and watching them for the first time. In some cases, I'm disappointed with your reaction because you are watching them for the first time, which I think we will get into next episode a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, But I get it. So,
0: uh, Ruggs, you got anything? What am I watching? Yeah, anything you watch you <laughs> want to turn people <laughs> I like off he, God. I like
1: that he asked that question huh. as if we've never asked that <laughs> yes, question. It's, on it's,
0: the like show it's not in the notes right now.
2: Um, we haven't done this ever. I'm watching uh, Dumb, which is a documentary on Big Brother, oh. which was a skate magazine in the... Uh, Late in the 90s. Oh. And uh, it came out in 2017 and I've seen it before, but I think I was so fucking stoned I don't remember. <laughs> that sounds interesting. So I'm watching it again yeah. and I fucking love it because this is the genesis of Jackass. Ah. This is where mm. Jackass ah. came from. I used to read Big Brother yeah. because when I was a kid, I tried to skate. I tried to be a skateboarder. I was a BMX biker and then I tried to I'll skate that, for I'll a while. It would not coordinated. <laughs> Lame. And uh, but oh. I had I but I wanted to skate so bad so I like I was opposed yeah it. yeah so I went and one of the things that I wanted to that I did was I read Big Brother that's a, that was how I how you I know, did uh, you have
0: the clothes and the shoes and everything
2: I had the giant yes pants. you had the giant oh boy ah. oh. yeah I had the giant oh, pants Not funny. I had, for what it's worth I still wear vans so all right well but they're kind of yeah, stylish this, now <laughs> but uh, Big Brother was this magazine that came out. And, uh, basically a guy just made it to, to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like he made his, I'm making a magazine. I'm just going to fucking hire, uh, like asshole guys and we're just going to fucking be, and that's how Jackass came about. Wait, it's called Dumb. But what is it on? It's on, I believe it's on Hulu. yeah, okay. uh, uh, Jeff Tri- Tremaine, who the guy who does Jackass, Spike Jones oh, wow. was involved wow. with, with Big wow. Brother, uh, R- Rob Deardack. Um, so like all these guys that were skaters in uh, street skaters, yeah. uh, it's fucking hilarious. Like I, I learned so much about sex from Big <laughs> Brother. I learned about fucking drugs from Big yeah. Brother. I learned about fucking just obnoxious, stupid shit you could do, like lighting shit on fire. Like from Big <laughs> Brother, it was a magazine that was so irreverent, and I, I'm thankful that I I was a I, I was one of the people that got the experience before it went away and became Jackass.
0: It sounds like a good documentary. I probably would enjoy that. I may check it out. You might love it. I like stuff like that. Uh, I have two great things. On Amazon, there's a new series just released called Upload. It's about eight episodes. It stars Robbie Amell. Don't let that discourage you because he's actually pretty good at this. Basically, it takes place in the near future, and it's about uh, how uh, in the future you can upload your consciousness to an afterlife. Uh, that looks like a resort or basically whatever social class, however money you have, you get put into the better resort. So Robbie Amell in the first episode uh, gets in an accident. His girlfriend uploads him to this resort and she kind of owns him. So uh, all everybody in the resort has a real life angel that comes in VR. That's like your customer service rep. So there's a little murder mystery. There's some fun sci-fi stuff. But then the romance between Robbie Amell and the girl playing the lead, his customer service rep, was really good. That romance actually is very, it's a very great storyline. So it's a quick watch. It's fun. Uh, it's kind of sci-fi. Uh, I enjoyed it. Robbie Amell, not bad. And then the other thing I watched that had me fucking rolling in tears, my sister suggested, it's called Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. Featuring Ben Schwartz, that you may know from Parks and Rec, John Raphael, and Thomas Middle Ditch, who Rugboy is Richard from Silicon Valley. That's right. These guys are incredible at improv. It's three episodes, and basically it's a stage show. They take the first, like, 15 minutes talking to the audience. They get to know someone and a situation and characters. And then for 40 minutes, they make up this entire fucking sketch and the shit like ties back and they got callbacks and they're fucking genius at it. I, you know, improv is a hit or miss thing. I know a lot of people like Anthony, you watched that movie. That was all improv. You have to be really good at it to pull it off. These two guys in these three episodes, I was fucking on the ground dying of laughter. My sides hurt. I had tears. I, if you're looking for a good laugh right now, Check out Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Would you, Anthony? Do you enjoy comedy stuff like that? Yeah, I love comedy. And again, this, this it's a good it's good improv.
2: Improv's not always great. I mean, I I enjoy a cribbier enthusiasm, which is not yeah. as improv'y as yeah. it could be.
1: But well, then you got like the Spinal Tap guys and Best in Show, or well, I mean, I was a big fan of um the League, and that was a lot of improv. That was a lot of, of improv.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's when you see all those guys. They do it real good. And uh, Thomas Middle, just Ben Schwartz fucking amazing check it out on netflix all right that's uh that's it rugs where can the listener find you online
2: you can find me at twitter at really bug boy so just come by and say what was that belly bug boy at belly bug boy oh uh, really Rug boy. <laughs> okay there you go nerd. Uh, check out the show notes
0: for this episode com slash 327 where you can find links to give us an apple podcast rating to subscribe, to get in touch, to support the show, and links to all the bullshit we talked about. Uh, subscribe, tell a friend, spread the geekery listener. We will have, You will have our eternal thanks. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is
1: Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. I fucking loved it. Their bottom is very big.
2: My balls are hot. My balls are cold. My balls was hot. My balls are warm. I love this movie.